0: The Red Rocks reach the podium but fall short of a national championship. We uh, take a look at what our old friend Brian Brown has to say about his observations from the University of Utah's last football scrimmage last week. And I take the time to answer some of your questions in the first ever edition of Mailbag Monday coming up next on Locked on Utes. You are locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody! Welcome into the show. My name is Austin Facer. I'm your host of Locked On Utes. It's good to be with you today. is Monday, April 18th. I hope everybody had a great Easter. I hope the uh, the bunny came and uh, left some treats some eggs, some candy. Um not I'm still not entirely sure why we do eggs and candy on Easter. Uh but that's neither here nor there. What we're here to talk about today as we talk about every day is University of Utah Athletics. I'm your host, like I said, Austin Facer, smart Alec, um witty, enthusiastic, opinionated sports media guy. Um prodigy of Dirk Facer, all that good stuff. But we'll, however you want to describe me, I'm your guy. Thanks for listening to Lockdown News. Thanks for making Lockdown News your first listen every day. As a reminder, we're here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's hop right into it. The big story over the weekend for the University of Utah, it's the lead story on the Athletics website. The Utah gymnastics team finished third at the NCAA championship. That's the same result they had in 2021. Kind of a disappointing uh, day, I think, uh, for the uh, for the Red Rocks, as they like to be called. Um, you know, they were leading the group after the first two rotations. After that, they went into Vault, uh, kind of where they had done particularly well this year. It was kind of one of their stronger events. Um you know, they, they fielded the individual NCAA championship in Jaden Rucker. The rest of the uh, team behind uh, Miss Rucker, though, really struggled, and I think that's where Utah really stumbled and uh, probably ultimately lost uh, a chance to, to grab their first championship since 1995. They finished third behind Oklahoma, the national champion, and Florida, who uh, finished as the runner-up this year. Um, a lot of things just seemed like didn't go Utah's way. I'm not a gymnastics expert by any means. Uh, just reading a recap, um, kind of looking at the scores. Uh, some interesting things of note. Uh, Maylee O'Keefe, uh, who had been kind of a, a really, um, really dependable contributor, especially on the floor, had her first fall in over 120 routines. So, not a good time to you know, I guess, I, I mean, I, I, to fall, really, it's, it, it came at the worst possible time, uh, for the Red Rocks. They're searching, like I said, for their first title since 1995, they finished third in both 2021 and 2022. So it, it's, it's been quite a while since, uh, Utah's fielded national champion in, in, in that, or as a team, I should say they've, they've fielded multiple individual champions, um, Michaela Skinner comes to mind. She was uh, kind of a darling during the uh, most recent Summer Olympics. Um, but, you know, as, as good as the Red Rocks are, I, I was surprised. I, I guess I forget every year that it's been that long since they've won the national championship as a team. Uh, but to, to finish ahead of uh, other, you know, teams that, you know, typically do well, especially out of this part of the country, uh, they finished ahead of uh, UCLA, teams like that. You know a lot to, lot to be proud of I think kind of reading these uh recaps especially from uh that include quotes from the head coach uh Tom Far. oh God I'm gonna forget it. it's not Marsden it's it's uh Farsden, I think yeah so something like that. It's something like that I apologize if I get his name wrong uh, I'm gonna do this in one shot so I'm gonna try not to record this again but um you know i, I think that, you know it's it's hard to it's hard to take a lot of positives away especially when you feel like you really do have a chance to to win a championship and i think that was kind of the overall vibe i got um but you know i, I you know still at the end of the day the red rocks are a great program uh they probably outdraw uh, a couple of the other programs that utilize the huntsman center for their uh, home meets and and uh I think that's something to to really be proud of. I know they have that really nice facility on campus that the gymnastics team practices in. Um, the Red Rocks are they're a community institution here in Salt Lake, and uh, I think a lot of people are really proud to to have them. A lot of it's, it's I've never been to a gymnastics meet. It kind of looks like a hoot, though. It looks like they put on a really good show. They've got like really high production values. Um, I know they, they do like a big grand entrance. Um, They've got the lights going, and they they make uh, gymnastics meet. And by the way, I've been to a few gymnastics meets because my sister j- did gymnastics back in the day, uh, and I remember just being like like thirteen or fourteen and thinking they were the most boring things on earth. Um, but it, I don't get that that feeling looking at uh, highlights of, of Red Rocks meets at the Huntsman Center. But uh, again, it's a shame. I I, I think uh, I think you know that team was definitely a little disappointed especially considering they were leading halfway through and uh, ultimately um, found themselves off of the top of the podium. So Red Rocks, again, are going to continue searching for that elusive national championship, one that has eluded them, for what will be almost 30 years in a few years. So hopefully hopefully they can uh, get it sooner rather than later. I'm sure that's the plan. Uh, what, coming up next I want to talk to you guys about uh, the Utah football scrimmage last week what stood out our guy former host uh, the guy that some people tell me was a much better host than, than I Brian Brown did a nice little uh, write up little byline in the Salt Lake Tribune I think that's his first ever byline in the Tribune so he uh, he had some really nice observations some great takeaways obviously Brian's a much better football mind than I so uh, really interested to, to see what Brian had to say but first I want to tell you guys about Built bars. I tell you guys about Built bars all the time. That's because they're awesome. Okay. Have you tried the puffs? I know if you've been driving around the Salt Lake City area, you've seen these billboards. You've seen these puff bars. They are distractingly delicious looking. They're they're, they're what the Built bar is saying that it's their best bar. It's the best tasting product they have to offer, and I think that says a lot considering how much work these guys put into making great tasting products. Okay. Let me tell you about the the puff bar flavors, all right? The puffs here. They've got a churro flavor, they've got coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. These things are insanity. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. This is how they do it. This is this is what this is their dealio. Okay? They're like, "Okay, we come up with the idea, we conceptualize this, this would be delicious. Of course, chocolate's a given. We're going to cover it in 100% real chocolate." And then we'll figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they, they nail it every time. So for Lockdown listeners, we're going to give you an offer here. Go to built.com. It's just built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. It's going to give you 15% off built.com. And moving right along. Brian Brown, our guy, had some observations from scrimmage last week. There are some, some things that I'm excited to see in the spring game this week. Um, I am going to be there. I'd love to meet and greet. I know none of you are really going to care, going to get too excited to meet me. If anybody does, that would surprise the hell out of me. But, you know, let's, let's we'll see what happens. But some of Brian's observations I thought were really interesting and got me really excited for what's coming up next for Utah football. Um. What his first observation was just that the the offense played with an extremely high tempo, and I that's something that I think is going to be really big, especially early in the season against a team like Florida, where I think you know a repu, there's a reputation for teams in the uh, southeastern conference to really play with a lot of speed, a lot of energy, and it seems like Utah's plan is going to be just based off of Brian's observations of the scrimmage last week, they're going to be really heavy on the no-huddle offense. And I think that's a very good idea. When I think of Utah going no-huddle, the thing that comes to mind more than anything else is their appearance in the 2009 Sugar Bowl against Alabama, also an SEC team, and I remember talking to Robert Johnson about it on the podcast my dad and I do. Uh, this is the playsports.com. And he said that was really the key to beating Alabamas. They knew if they went no huddle, they would have they, Alabama wouldn't have an answer for them. And I, I think obviously having the same offensive coordinator that they had back then, Andy Ludwig, I think they might be thinking um, in a similar vein uh, with Florida on the schedule. And I, th- I think with so many guys coming back, so many returners from from last year's offense it makes a lot of sense to me they're already comfortable with the plays they know the playbook very well let's just call let's just let's call let's get the play the get the call in from the sidelines as quickly as possible get set up let's keep the defense on their heels toes whatever keep them off balance and I think that's going to be a really effective strategy for Utah so I'm excited to see how that goes and I also think that's something that's going to be really positive for the, the defense in practice situations as well to have to, to counteract that. So I think that's, that's going to be a really interesting look for Utah next year. Uh, Brian continued to make some more observations. Brian, as, as, is many, uh, as is the case with many people who follow Utah football, is very high on Cam Rising. It, for good reason, considering the season Rising had last year. It's exciting to have someone like that come back again. Brian said something really interesting, though. He, he suggested that Rising might be the best presence at quarterback that Utah's had since Alex Smith, which I think is a very high compliment. I think considering, you know, I, obviously I, I, I Alex Smith is going to be kind of the, the pinnacle image, the pinnacle idea of a, a quarterback at Utah. Let's not forget, they've had a few great quarterbacks since then. Brian Johnson comes to mind. Tyler Huntley comes to mind as well. So for Brian to suggest that Cam Rising might be better than both of those two, than Brian Johnson and Tyler Huntley, I thought was pretty interesting. I would love to get Brian here on the show, maybe do a little throwback homage to... uh, to the old days of lockdown use to see more of what he thinks about that. He just kind of mentioned it briefly in his story for the tribune. I think it'd be really interesting to have Brian come on and flesh that out a bit more. So I'm going to reach out to Brian. We're going to talk about that. Stay tuned. I I, am not going to nail down a date quite yet. I'll let you know though. I think that would be a really interesting discussion. Uh, More Brian observations. Devontae Valey will be the primary receiver in his mind. And this is just a note. This wasn't included in Brian observation, Brian's observations. I talked about this last time. I was excited about Ryan Pepin's, the former Alabama Gatorade player of the year. Steve Bartle from 24 seven sports youth zone reported last week that he's entered the transfer portal. So it looks like he's not going to be a part of the, the team next year. Uh, I, I don't believe he's been at practice lately. Uh, Utah is no longer obligated to keep him on scholarship. So, you know, it, it, it was just kind of funny that I, I took the effort to look him up and to talk about him, and uh, all for naught. But, you know, that's life. That's life in the fast lane. Uh, another Brian observation, he, he noted the defense is very young. I think that's something we've all been expecting uh, looking at the roster. That's kind of uh, something that I think uh, – did not had a lot to do with how the uh, the Rose Bowl turned out was the inexperience of defense um, and they've got to replace some key guys as well most notably at linebacker. Um, they've got to shore up the defensive backs as well. It, 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 at Utah it never really feels like you have to be concerned about what's going to happen on the defensive line. It feels like those guys are always going to come back bigger and better every year they're going to be reloaded there. but uh, you know other than you, you think about guys like Clark Phillips, who's going to be the, the leader of the defensive backs, at cornerback. Um, other than that, I think there are a lot of questions that remain, especially at safety, that was, and that was something that Brian touched on. And that's something that I'm curious about as well. Uh, I'll talk about this a little bit more. Uh, we had a, a listener submit a question that I think relates to this a little bit, so I'm going to touch on that in our, in our next segment here. Uh, but Brian's last observation was uh, regarding quarterback Two, we already know Cam Rising is going to be the starter. Uh, I think we can anticipate Bryson Barnes, who uh, had an electric performance in the Rose Bowl, being the uh, the backup there. So great observations from Brian. I'd love to get more thoughts from him. I'm going to text him. I texted him over the weekend. He's doing very well. For those of you who are concerned, I'm sure you could listen to him on his other podcast and ventures. But uh, it was good to, to catch up with Brian a little bit and uh, to, to read his thoughts. So Brian's obviously a terrific football mind and uh, something that I'm going to have to try to make up for in a lot of ways. So it was, it was uh, I really appreciated Brian's insights right there in the tribune. So go ahead and check that out. If you will coming up next, we're going to talk mailbag mailbag Monday, answering a few of your guys' questions before we do. So let me tell you really quick about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net. I tell you guys about this all the time. I love sports betting. Um, if you would like to talk offline, I don't, I'm not going to talk about it here in the podcast. There are ways to get around the state laws and all that to, you know, have a little fun, and put some money down on some games. But before you do so, make sure you head to betonline.net. They've got all the latest sports development. They've got league reviews, news. They've got NBA playoff stuff. They've got Major League Baseball analysis. Here's the cool thing. You, you just pop your email in that email field on their homepage They'll email you insights analysis every day. It's going to show up right in your inbox. So make sure you head to betonline.net where the game starts. Moving right along, it's time for Mailbag Monday. I reached out to the, the listeners, to the audience on Twitter. I solicited some questions for Mailbag Monday. It took me quote tweeting my own tweet to get something going. Um, don't do that again to me, listeners. When I ask for questions, I want them immediately. I don't want to have to go through the effort of quote tweeting again. Okay, just send them my way the first time. Okay? Let's get into the questions. This is all this is all me being a jokester, by the way. If you know me, I'm just being a jokester. You can you can do whatever, okay. DJ Main, and if I say your name wrong, I apologize. I'm gonna say your name wrong. I apologize. If you see me at the spring game on Monday, let me know. I'll apologize to your face again, okay? DJ Main, his question was, um, will Jalen Glover, freshman running back, be the number two option at running back this season? And my answer to that is no. I think that role is going to go to Mika Bernard, who we saw as the number three, sometimes number two option behind Tavian Thomas and TJ Pledger. Pledger, of course, declared his intention to enter the NFL draft. Tavian Thomas is going to is going to come back, but I think Mika Bernard. I think it's pretty safe to pencil him in as the number two option. He was third on the team in rushing with three hundred, excuse me, five hundred twenty three yards, about seven yards per carry, which is or six yards, actually, per carry, which is an excellent number. Um, but I, I, but I, I, will, I will concede this, though. I think there, there's room for some interesting things. Uh, we saw Bernard move to play cornerback when Utah was shorthanded against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. So part of me wonders if Utah is going to reduce his workload at running back to keep him available in case they have to shift positions. I think that's I think that's a stretch. I don't think that that's entirely likely, but I think it's something that's possible, certainly. And I think, you know, there there could be some current some concerns if they have a guy who they feel is highly versatile, who can play multiple positions and may have to in the worst case event, it might not be a bad idea to have him more fresh or fresher, rather than not fresh, you know, as opposed to having a heavy workload, which you would expect from a number two running back, right? So I th- I think there's a chance that maybe Glover could come in, but again, I, I the way this is how I see it: if Utah is going to go no huddle, there's not going to be a lot of time to do substitutions. I could see substitutions happening in a short yardage situation on third downs. And I think those are the situations when you would see a guy like Glover come in and have a chance to show off what he, what he brings to the table. This is what you have to keep in mind about Glover. He's 5'7". He's about 215 pounds, so he's a little bowling ball. He's very dense. He's still a, a very downhill runner. But I think a guy who's that compact, I think, makes a lot of sense in the short yardage situations. And that's where I wouldn't be surprised to see him you know first get introduct- introduced to uh, introduct- is not a word first get introduced to the Utah way of things. So that, that's my answer to your question DJ, thanks for thanks for asking it. Uh, Utah man am I. he also goes by the Twitter handle Red SLC 1012. He this guy had my favorite question actually of the mailbag. So I'm really excited to answer this question. This, this is his question. Who is the player we don't know today but that we will know at the end of the year? So, in other words, who's going to be the breakout star? The guy who's not on the radar at all. I'm assuming he's talking about football. I'm sure he is, guessing by his uh, Twitter handle picture, which is a picture of Cam Rising. Uh, who? So, who's going to be the breakout star? I really like this question. And I'll tell you why I like it. I like it because... I don't know the answer. I don't have a clue who that guy is going to be. And it took a little bit of digging. It took a little bit of um, introspection, a little bit of self-reflection to come to this very unsatisfying answer. But here's the, the truth about this Utah football team. And I think that's why people are so excited about the Utes this year. This team is very familiar we, we, as people who follow the, the youths, as fans, as Utah men and women, we know who the major players are on this team already. We know who Cam Rising is. We know who Tavion Thomas is. We know who Clark Phillips is. I think it's pretty safe to assume that we can expect the stars to continue to be stars. My guess, though, as to who will become more of a household name will be whoever shores up that defensive backfield um, because that's, to me, the position that shows um, the most room, the most opportunity, I guess, for for a star to emerge because I don't think they have one at this point, certainly one, not, not one that uh, we're all aware of. Uh, so I think guys like R.J. Hubert, who people know a little bit, I would think, Sione Vaki is another one. I think whoever can make plays in the defensive backfield other than Clark Phillips, and I think we can expect Clark Phillips to make plenty of plays, I think that's the guy who's who's going to be the star. I don't know his name yet, and I don't think any of us do. So I think that's why I really like your question. Thank you, Utah Anime. And finally, our last question from the mailbag comes from the Rob Father who touches on a gymnastics question, something I thought was great. I thought I think this is great to continue to to talk about the Red Rocks. His question was, do you think NIL name image likeness will play a role in securing better transfers for the gymnastics program? Now, I don't know if you're going to like my answer. Here's what I think. I think NIL is, it's pretty safe to assume that NIL deals Are primarily going to affect the big money making sports in the athletic department, in the athletics department, excuse me, I'm running out of breath, which is basketball and football. Okay. I don't anticipate many tennis players getting NIL deals. I don't anticipate many members of the cross country team getting an NIL deal. In the same vein, as much as people in the community love the Red Rocks, I think it's kinda rare to get a, a star who um, becomes ubiquitous, I guess. I think Michaela Skinner is an example of that. I, I, I was aware of who Michaela Skinner was before she went to the Olympics. And I think a lot of people around here did too. I really wasn't aware of um, anybody on, on this year's roster, just for whatever reason. So I think it's I think it's gonna be kind of rare to to see a major NIL deal for a gymnast. Um, and just, just to be clear, I, I mean, just think like I don't know which companies would really see that as a as a as a as kind of a, a worthwhile worth, worthwhile marketing venture to to give an NIL deal to a gymnast. Again, it's, it is possible. I think it would have to be the right person, but I think what's really going to take the Red Rocks to the next level. Is going to be a continuation of doing the same thing, a lot of the same things they already do. They're going to attract the top quality gymnasts by continuing to be a place where they compete for national championships every year and serve as a place where if you have the chops and are willing to put in the work, like Michaela Skinner did, you can help yourself become an Olympic caliber gymnast. I think the combination of those two things are going to be what's, what's going to keep the Red Rocks afloat and potentially seal them uh, their first championship since 1995. So, again, I don't see NIL being a big part of the equation for gymnastics. Unfortunately, that's that's just my take. I would love to be surprised, though. I would love to be proven wrong. So, anyway, those are just my thoughts. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thanks for so much for listening to Locked on Youths. Please like and subscribe here on YouTube if you can. If you're listening in podcast board version, please subscribe as well. Uh, now that you're done with me, why don't you go ahead and make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen, okay? we got The NFL Draft is getting so close, guys. It's, it's April 28th. It's coming up. It's going to be here before you know it. And Locked On NFL Draft has to be your second listen, okay? Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and a look behind the curtain at NFL front offices. Remember, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow.